Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. The devil led Jesus up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to Jesus, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me and I've been able to give it to anyone I choose. If you will but bow down and worship me, all of it will be yours. Jesus said to him, it is written... You shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and he placed him atop the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, throw yourself down from here for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not even dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said, it is said... Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. The wilderness seems pretty close these days. In first century Galilee, Jesus apparently had to be led out into it by the Spirit. He had to go somewhere else to find it, it seems. Away from the river where he'd just been baptized among crowds and crowds of people. Away from towns and villages like Cana and Capernaum. Away from whoever was looking to follow him, as would happen soon enough. Maybe Jesus had a hunch about what was to come in that regard. So he let the Spirit lead him out, lead him away, lead him into whatever and wherever this wilderness was for him. And if wilderness is a metaphor for something, if wilderness is a place of uncertainty, Loneliness, disconnection, temptation, fear, grief. I'm not sure Jesus would have had to go very far to find himself in those wilderness places if he were walking around in our midst this morning. The wilderness seems right around every corner. Or maybe even following us around. No matter where we go these days. Maybe it is the constant presence of social media in our lives. The wilderness is there. Maybe it's the news these days. 
the 24-7 nature of it all, reminding us about our broken politics, our divided nation, and everything going on in Ukraine. The wilderness is there. Maybe it's the ever-evolving list of prayers and concerns and challenges that we wrestle with as God's people in this place and as God's church in the world. The wilderness is here. Whatever it is, the wilderness doesn't seem so hard to find or to be so very far away or too hard to get to, if you ask me. So I hope it's strangely comforting for us to see Jesus there in the wilderness this morning doing his thing with the devil. The point of Lent, the point of this gospel story, for me anyway, is to wonder what it means to be called out into the wilderness. I think we're invited to wonder not so much about conversations with some guy who has a tail and a pitchfork, which is how the story of Jesus in the wilderness gets reduced and dumbed down too much of the time, I think. I think instead we're called to wonder about the lonely places. To wonder about the uncertain places. To wonder about the scary places in the world. And to wonder about the lonely, uncertain, scary times in our own lives, too, when we are tempted to choose the darkness. I think in these days we're called to seek out and to put a finger on all the sin and all the evil and all the faithlessness and all the temptation that finds us in our own kind of wilderness. We're called to name it, to stop denying it, to stop pretending that it doesn't find us from time to time, and we are invited to confront it in ways we might rather not the wilderness. But that's hard to do, this wilderness wandering, whether it's the first Sunday of Lent or any other day of the year, or we would do it more often, more faithfully, with more resolve, with more courage and success maybe too, I think. It seems to me we don't head out into the wilderness enough, like Jesus did, following the Spirit's lead. We're more likely to find ourselves pushed there, dragged there, kicking and screaming into the wilderness against our will. Or we end up there in the wilderness, much to our surprise, before we know it's even coming. And then the temptation of it all is to let it overwhelm us, the grief of it, the fear of it, the unknown and the uncertainty of it, whatever the wilderness might be for each and every one of us. And so we fail the tests a lot of the time, don't we? We fill ourselves with all the wrong things too much of the time. Where Jesus refused to turn a stone into bread after 40 days of fasting... We grab the potato chips or the ice cream, the booze, the weed, the cigarettes, or the pills. 
where Jesus turned down the offer for more power and more glory. We go after as much as we can grab and look for it in all the wrong places. Our ego, our work, our money, our things, more stuff. Where Jesus refused to put God to the test, we do that. Every time we throw up our hands and wonder why God won't. Why God doesn't, why God hasn't just fixed everything that's wrong. Where Jesus went and followed and left for the wilderness, we stay home. We stay put, we stay safe, we stay comfortable so much of the time. And I think the reason we fail the proverbial tests so often is because we forget something Jesus knew and that Jesus held on to from the very start. Remember, Jesus entered into the wilderness, it said this morning, full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and on the heels of his baptism. I like to imagine Jesus' hair was still wet when he met up with the devil in the desert because he was fresh from the Jordan River where the heavens had opened, where a dove had appeared out of nowhere for crying out loud, and where God's voice had declared Jesus himself the beloved chosen one by the creator of the universe. And it's with all that in his back pocket that Jesus made his way into the wilderness to duke it out with the devil, which makes it easier for me to imagine how he might have resisted all of that temptation. How he might have passed all those tests in the first place. And that gives me hope. To remember that however and whenever we find ourselves in the wilderness, whatever that is for each and every one of us, that just like Jesus, we can enter into that wilderness on the heels of and filled with the promises of our own baptism. And we can go there, led by God's spirit of wisdom and understanding. God's spirit of counsel and might. And we can go into the wilderness with faith and with fortitude to endure all the lonely, scary, uncertain, dark wilderness places in this world. In our Stephen ministry class Thursday night, we had a pretty hard, holy, heavy conversation about suicide. Tending to someone who may be in the throes of that kind of wilderness struggle. We were wondering about what to say and what to do, how to find the words, where to find the wisdom to respond in such a circumstance as caregivers. Should we ever find ourselves in that kind of desert place with somebody? And I shared something I didn't really think about till it was coming out of my mouth, that seemed to resonate with the class, and so I thought it might be meaningful to share with you all, too. It's not rocket science. But when I find myself headed into a wilderness like that, 
an emergency of some sort, a crisis full of uncertainty, a scary situation where something is required of me that I'm not sure I'm prepared for, that there may not be preparation for. I try to remind myself that God is already in that place. That God is already around that person or those people. That the Spirit of God is already gathered together with whatever or whoever has called me into their wilderness with them. And that kind of prayer, that sort of reality check, that exercise of faith has proven for me to be true and helpful over the years. And I believe it's something like what we see Jesus doing, trusting and believing this morning when he heads out there into his own kind of wilderness way back when. See, I believe Jesus was able to enter that wilderness because he knew he didn't go there first. And because he didn't go there by himself. He let the Spirit of God lead him there, remember. And he was full of the Holy Spirit in the first place. So when the wilderness looms for us, when it seems too close, too easy to find, too hard to navigate, too difficult to escape. When the temptation to quit, to choose the selfish, prideful, destructive ways, to get lost in all of it, to take the devil's hand and follow that lead instead. Remember that God's already out there too in your wilderness waiting for you. I like to think of God in the wilderness as like a dad in the swimming pool promising to catch his terrified toddler who's about to jump into the deep end for the first time. Or maybe God in our wilderness is like the mother waiting in the front office at school to rescue her child from a really bad day at recess. Or maybe God is like the good friend who walks with you after the divorce or the diagnosis or the death because they've already been through it themselves. Whatever the case, we can enter into any wilderness trusting that God will be there waiting to walk it with us, to stand beside us, to catch us even if necessary. And we can go there into any wilderness with the waters of baptism still dripping from our foreheads and with divine promises of grace always ringing in our ears. And we can go following Jesus' example so that we don't have to be so afraid about any of it. So that we might even enter it all, the wilderness, willingly, and so that we might go boldly, bravely, with faith to see God transform all of it, that wilderness, into something sweet, something safe, something sacred on the other side. Amen.